chef. Yes. I love it. Y'all are, y'all are feeling, feeling it today. I love that. That's so good. Well, once again, let me just welcome you. My name is Andrea Isaacs, and my husband is uh, Pastor Jason, and uh, he and Pastor John, um, John Hendrickson, Pastor John is our family ministries pastor. They are both actually out of the country um, in Canada. Can you believe that? They are hanging out in, can y'all say Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan, eh? Um, Thank you. Thank you for that so much. They are actually, uh, have said yes to a really tremendous opportunity, and I wanted you guys, I'm so proud of both of them that I wanted you guys to know what they have been up to the last couple of days. They were invited to pour into 140 pastors. Isn't that incredible? That is so powerful. Um, in case maybe the, the, um, the awesomeness of your pastor wears off because, you know, we're really kind of close to home and maybe we um, at times, hey, I'm married to him, right? Sometimes we take for granted the gifts um, that are in the people that we are close to. Um, it's a fresh reminder to know that he and Pastor John are influencing other ministers um, and, and just really creating a network um, to love on other pastors. And so we're really proud of them and really excited that they are getting to do that. Um, he spoke Friday night, Jason spoke Friday night um, to all 40, 140 pastors, and then they did breakout sessions yesterday and just got to really brag on Hope City Church um, and encourage uh, some pastors. I don't know if you know this or not, but ministry is tough. Um, it can be lonely at times. It can be um, a lot of pressure at times, and we love what we do, but we want to also make sure that the people who are serving God and growing the kingdom, that they're getting encouraged. Do you know what I mean? So that's where they are at, and he is preaching at a church in Canada this morning, and then they get home tomorrow night. So if you remember them and pray for them and lift them up, um, I know that they're doing really cool, awesome things. But we're glad that you are here, and we wanted to make sure that you heard from someone who speaks truth, who speaks with boldness and conviction and can really encourage you today. So we have invited a good friend of this house back. Um, Adam Drinkard is with us today, and you may remember him from last fall. He came and just absolutely brought the house down. We were getting text messages all weekend long just about the word that he shared and how incredible and how encouraging it was. And so will you guys actually put your hands together and welcome Adam Drinkard to the stage. Thank you. So glad you're here. Come on. Won't you give God a big praise? How many is thankful for his mercy, his goodness? Come on, you can do better than that. You're thankful for his grace, the purpose in your life. Awesome, awesome. I'm so glad to be here today and actually be back here. Like uh, uh, Ms. Angela said that uh, we that I was here uh, a few months ago and and uh, man, last time I was here, my wife got to come and she was pregnant and uh, so she thankfully has had that baby because that'd be a really long time from the last time I was here. Um, and I got a little picture up and show you of her and my little boy, our second child. Her name is Avia Love, and she is beautiful. I, I now know why certain species of animals eat their young, because they're just so cute. You just want to, I don't know. That's what it is, right? That's what it is. So uh, we, we had our second child, and it's been a great time. Last night was like a vacation for me, because I actually got seven straight hours of sleep, 
uh, you know, just consistently, not broke up every, every few hours. So, you know, my wife is still, she was a little mad at me, but, um, but she's at home taking care of our kids uh, this weekend, and I'm glad to be here. How many is glad to be in the house today? I want to speak to you just for a few moments uh, on a subject called housekeeping. Somebody say housekeeping. And while you're talking, look at that neighbor beside you and say, if you were any better looking, well, come on, look at him right in the eyes. Say, if you were any better looking, you'd be as good looking as me. All right, 1130 crowd. I heard y'all crazy. Y'all excited about Jesus, excited about being here today. Again, today I want to speak to you about housekeeping. You know, uh, oftentimes the kingdom of God and the way that it functions, it, it contradicts the culture and the world that we live in. And so today as, as we listen to some biblical principles and it begins to cause some, it may even cause some conflict in your heart. I want you to know that's God just showing you and revealing to you in your heart what is the kingdom of the world inside of you and what is the kingdom of heaven. And so as we listen today, I hope, it, I hope it almost challenges you in a way to say, okay, God, what do you want from me? We should never come to church just to hear a good message and go, well, that was pretty cool. But every time we show up to church, it should be a place that it causes us to ask the question, what is it that you want from me? There's always an exchange that happens when you show up at church. Some, you know, the Bible says he takes your ashes and he turns them into beauty. There's always an exchange. So today as we get into our message, uh, first of all, thanks, I'm so thankful to be here. How many know you have some great, amazing pastors today? Come on, give it up for your pastors. They're amazing, and I appreciate the opportunity. Does anybody have a table, kind of maybe like this, maybe a countertop, and maybe something that, that you have to where when you walk in, you just throw your keys on, you throw your purse, throw your wallet out. You know, you just kind of just take some stuff. You take, my wife has this little shelf thing that, she, she gave, showed me, she's like, all right, now all the mail goes in here. This is where your pins go. This is where this goes just to keep it neat. But, you know, has anybody got like a, a table like that at home? But, but then even like, if you don't keep up with it and you don't keep, you just get lazy. You come home from work and you're tired and you just, ah, just throw it on there and you walk out. And then within a week, it turns into something like this. You know, it's like everything's everywhere. Stuff, I mean, water bottles, you got, it's just, it's just everywhere, right? And, and, and before you know it, you're, you're like, oh, man, like, what's going on? What's going on? Um, uh, my, every Saturday at our home, we usually try to do like a cleanup, like just a tidying up moment. And uh, I, my six-year-old, he's, he's crazy. He's, uh, he's, he's really smart for his age, and I know every parent has that. But, I mean, he's so smart that he almost gets him in trouble sometimes because he thinks a little differently. Like the other day... Uh, he told my wife, and she texted me, she goes, listen to what your boy just said. He was on his way to what's called Safetyville, where they teach you safety stuff and stuff. And he had yellow shirt. That was the team. He was almost the yellow shirt team. And he got in the car. I don't know where he gets this stuff. He just has these thoughts. And he's like, Mom, if I ever go to jail, I want to pick the black and white shirts and not the yellow ones. I'm like, I, I watch what he watches. He, there is nothing that it, where are you getting this stuff at, kid? So I, the other day we were, we were cleaning up, and I'm like, all right, Grace, I want you to go in and clean, pick your room up, get your stuff off the floor, do all this. Because we have every Saturday we try to tidy, tidy up our house. And, um, and he looks right at me and goes, Dad, I don't want to do that. I said, I know you don't want to do it, but come on, get on up here. Let's clean up. Let's get things. He's like, he goes, why? Is somebody coming over? I'm like, 
Oh, so I'm talking about keeping the house clean. Let's, let's uh, housekeeping. How many knows that housekeeping is something that's not just a one-time fix? It's an everyday, every week decision of tidying up and keeping things clean. Sometimes life is like this, right? You, you, you got, you got, you, when you got that little table of junk mail that just shows up, and it's mostly junk mail, you know, here, you can get this credit card. Hey, we got a new car we're selling. You know, all this stuff seems to pile up on your table. And, and, and it's important that you understand that life is full of opportunities of bringing junk into your life. You got to be careful sometimes because you can have junk just show out of nowhere. You'll, you'll, you'll look back and then boom, it looks like this in your life, in your mind, in your heart. It just gets cluttered. Can anybody ever had clutter in your life? You've had clutter in your home, but you've had clutter in your mind. Anybody had a cloudy mind before, a cluttered up mind that you're always just dealing with certain things in your life? I remember when uh, probably about a year ago we were moving and I went like overboard with my wife and I, I went into like, we are purging everything. And so I went through every room and was like, if we don't use it, you ain't touched it in two weeks, it's gone. Go. I was, we had three yard sales. We, we, I, mean, I was throwing stuff away she didn't even know about. Look, look guys, if you open up a drawer in your house and you go, oh, well, I haven't seen that in a long, throw it away. <laughs> just, just throw it away. Get rid of it. You don't, you didn't, you forgot about it. It's been sitting there two years. And you're like, hey, look at this. And you even played with it. You haven't used it. You haven't, you, it, just throw it away. And so we went through a purging in our house when we were moving. And I went down into the basement and I started going through this big bookshelf that we have all my books and her stuff and some uh, stuff when she was in school and college. And all was going through there. And I found, no joke, I found not one season, not two seasons, but a whole series of Dawson's Creek on VHS. We don't even have a VCR. I know that some of you are sitting here going, what is a VCR? But we, that's my point. There's stuff that was in our house that we had no intention of using. It was just there because she loved, I promise you it was hers, it wasn't mine. It, it, she loved Dawson's Creek. And she had the whole, the whole, I've never watched one episode. I don't get it. But I, the, the, I, the whole series on VHS. How many times in our life to, that if we had a moment that we could look back and, and there's a replay of a VCR in our mind of a, of a situation, of a certain circumstance, of a problem, of a sin that we've happened and we've, we've put it back in the back of our mind, in our heart, and, and the emotions of our life. And it should be, it's, all it is, it's just clutter. It's just clouding up and it's cluttering up our lives. See, the danger is, is when we allow things into our home every day, and we don't learn to sort through what's important before you know it, clutter has taken over. Clutter has taken over. Clutter happens when you neglect to pay attention to what's coming in and what's going out of your house. There's a show that came on TV just a few years ago. Maybe some of you are familiar with it on TLC, but it's called Hoarders. Anybody familiar with the, the show Hoarders? I got some pictures here. I want to show you some people's living conditions that they actually live in. And, and there's a few more pictures you can scroll through of them. That people actually live in this stuff. Uh, I, it's, it's amazing to me. I've been to third world countries 
and I ministered and got to go over there. And there's people with dirt floors in their house that, that they have a dirt floor, but man, it's the cleanest dirt floor you've ever seen. And it's just everything in it is nice. And yet there's people that live in a country that has every <laughs> access to any kind of thing you want that live like this. And when I begin, go ahead and go, if you got a few more, I think they may have them. Yeah, nope. Okay, we're good. There, there's, there's people that live in these conditions. And when I begin to study, because I, I, I've watched a few episodes and it kind of got me thinking, oh, well, why do people do this? Why do they live like this? I mean, hey, I got, I got a six-year-old. I got a newborn baby. I, my house ain't always spotless, but I, I live in my home. But there's days where I go and I make sure if the laundry basket gets full, I'm going to go take it and I'm going to wash the clothes. And why are people like this? Why do they think like this? And, and according to the show and what I've studied is that there's two major reasons. There could be multiple, but there's two major categories of why people do this. And the first is laziness, just not keeping up with it and, and it get ahead of them. And the second is because something traumatic has happened in their life that has caused them to fill a void by buying something or getting something, and, they, and what's called misplaced affection. Misplaced affection. And it's important that, you know, most of us look at those pictures and go, ooh, I would never live like that. But if we had to be real and we took off the church mask, there's probably some emotions in your life that look a lot like that. There's probably some attitudes in your life. There's, there's probably some, some things in our lives that, that it just looks cluttered. Cluttered. And it's causing us to be distracted. It's causing us to be frustrated. It's causing us to feel ab abandoned and alone. And we've misplaced some affections on things that really don't matter. Hurts in the past. And it doesn't really matter in the place that we're living at now. Are you with me today? I want to ask you, what are you hoarding in your life? What are some things that you're hoarding that need to really be put in the trash can? What are some things that are just cluttering up the table of your heart that really need to be dealt with? Are you still talking about that ex? It's been five years. It's been a year. It's been 10 years. And yet there's, there's still a hurt there. There's still a bitterness there. And it's really becoming clutter in your life. What, what if the clutter in your life is church hurt? What that last pastor did, like that last elder did, like those last people did, that church down the road. And yet you've, you've brought over all that pain and clutter into now. And you're part of this church, and it's caused you to doubt certain things. It's caused you not to get involved. It's caused you not to give. It's caused you not to, to do what the Bible says and be obedient and, 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 and being generous and be living a generous life because there's clutter that's happened over here. And instead of throwing it away like you're supposed to and just getting rid of it, you, you're carrying it with you. What if the clutter in your life is religion? Maybe you come out of a strong denomination. Maybe you come out of, uh, of a strict home. What if it's religion and you've been more concerned about being right all the time than just having a relationship with Jesus? What if your clutter is unforgiveness? What if you're trying to, to bring and drag in from 2007 into your 2017? You know, the thing about unforgiveness is it's a nurtured emotion that means you know my little newborn baby she cries every time I take the bottle out of her mouth but she forgives me as soon as I put it back in and you know that unforgiveness is something that's nurtured in you you have to learn from someone else unforgiveness 
Is it unforgiveness that's clouding and cluttering up your life? Here's one, it's a big one, and I want to stay here just for a moment. It's a big deal, especially in the society that we live in and the culture of our world today is dishonor. Man, dishonor is such a big deal right now. They did, people dishonoring people as individuals, people dishonoring people in authority, dishonoring people, their families at home with parents and children. Children don't honor their father and mother. Father and mother don't honor their kids. It's such a big deal in our culture of dishonor, and I think a lot of it's because they don't understand the benefits and the power and even the definition of honor. But honor means this. It's when you hold something to, to have value and to raise it to a high esteem. It's something that has something with weight in it. You, it carries weight. You, you, it means something on your heart. There's a weightiness to it in your heart when you look at something like, like your marriage or your family or your finances or your spiritual life. You have to honor those things. Honor is an outward action. And it's an inward attitude. So, so without an outward action, it's not really honor. I mean, try that in your own marriage. Your husband or your wife. Well, I think they're awesome. I mean, I honor them in my head. How's that, how long is that going to last? If you never verbally say it. Come on, some of you have been married for a little while. You know you got to at least show the honor back and forth. It's an outward expression. Real honor is visible, not just intentional. And our culture has become so analytical that we don't even filter, listen, our thoughts and our emotions through the lens of honor. You know, people get on what I call puke, puke book instead of Facebook. And they regurgitate everything that they feel, every emotion, every issue. Let me encourage you as a church, as an individual, that, look, look, people do it all the time and it's become a fad now. You go to a restaurant and that late waitress didn't fill your cup up one more time like you wanted. You get online, you tag a minute and you just blast them and try to get as many people to get on your back. You know, I was, I'm looking at buying, I hit a deer two weeks ago and totaled my truck. So I'm trying to find a truck and I found one at a good price. I shouldn't have read the reviews. Because there's just always the only people that ever show up and start showing negativity is people that's got a lot of time on their hands and they ain't busy doing something. Yeah, come on, somebody clap there. That's a good one. I didn't say that first service. Come on. We, we live in a society that's so dishonorable. We get dishonorable with leaders in our life. We get dishonorable. I don't care if you voted for President Clinton, President Trump, President Bush, whoever you want, President Obama, whichever which one you want to claim that you voted for. The issue is when we get up, because look, this is, what I, this is how I describe, if I could describe dishonor in a word or sound, it would be this. Meh. Meh. How, how, how's, your, how's your finances doing? Meh. How's your health going? Meh. How's your spiritual life? How's your prayer life going? Meh. How's your marriage doing? Meh. Dishonor means to make something lower it down to being common. Do you want your marriage common? Do you want your spiritual life common? Do you want common, normal, average finances in your life? Come on, somebody. Dishonor is a way that clutters up your life. 
Do you understand that the way you look at your leaders and your pastors? I mean, you know, you, you can always, you know, he's not just, pa- just Jason, Isaacs, and Miss Andrea. It's not just them because this is the thing. I'm a pastor's kid, so I can say this. You ready? I'm a pastor's kid. Most people say, oh, that's just the guy we pay to get up there and preach a sermon every weekend. Until you're in the hospital and you need God to show up in your life, then you're not calling out to Jason, the guy we pay to stay on the stage. You're calling out for Pastor Jason, grab heaven and bring it down to me. Do you realize the only difference is just honor? The only, the, we say a saying in our church, you say honor up, honor down, honor all around. Come on, can you say that with me? Say honor up, honor down, honor all around. The Bible says this about honor. He says if you honor a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. If you honor a righteous man, you'll receive a righteous man's reward. And if you fail not to give a young child something to drink, so that could mean someone that's physically young or someone that is young in the Lord that doesn't know much about God. He said if you will give them something to drink, in other words, you encourage them, you refresh them. You give them something that they need in their life. The Bible promises when you honor that you will never lose your reward. Do you understand today that dishonor is a way to cloud and clutter up the table of your life? And when you look around, because some of you, sometimes you're, you're walking around, you're going, I need a, have you ever, when you have that table, you know you, threw, you know you threw your keys there, right? But there's so much stuff piled up on top of it. You're like, where are my keys at? I can't, what, I put them here, where were they at? Some of you are walking around life and you're searching for something. You're saying, where is it at? Where is it at, God? I go to church. I pray. I just can't find it. It's because there's too much clutter clouding your life. They love it when I do this because they have to clean it up afterwards. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. But what clutter is in your life? Do you understand that all these things and multiple things in your life can cause you to lose what God's trying to show you? This honor is one. See, there's a big difference. Because when you talk about politics, you know, I said the, the word, man, it's more like a man. <laughs> but you know there's a big difference from being right and being blessed? There's a big difference from being right and being blessed. Before, you, before there was ever a constitution, there was the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Before you ever had the right to vote, Jesus paid the price for us so we have right standing with God. Do you understand there's a difference between being right and being blessed? I don't know if you know this or not, but when the Bible says that you laid down your life and you picked up your cross, you denied your right to be offended. You deny your right to be always right. You deny your right to always have unforgiveness in your life, to be impatient. Come on, you, you've denied that right. So there's a difference from being right all the time and posting it on Facebook, and there's a difference between that and then being blessed and never losing your reward. I want to encourage you today, let's get the clutter out of our life. Is that too heavy on a Sunday morning? What clutter... Are you keeping in your house physically? If it's a health problem, if it's a mental thoughts and emotions you're going with, or if it's spiritually, what clutter are you keeping in your house? The Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is the house that God dwells in. Not just this building is the house of God, but we are now the very temples in the houses of God that we walk around, that we are the church. We get to be part of the church. The church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. God put us here to be the light and the salt of the world. You're supposed to be like Dr. Pepper, baby. You're supposed to make the world taste better. Come on. 
This is our opportunity. And yet most Christians walk around so frustrated with life because they sit down and watch CNN or Fox News for about 10 minutes and they think God has given up on the world. And the reality of it is those guys never really are about telling the truth. I don't care if it's at Fox, CNN, AP, Washington Post. They're only trying to one-up the other guy. That's all they're trying to do. They want to get another story, whether they are, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be President Trump here and say fake news. But all I'm saying is this. I'm just saying that they're just trying to one-up each other. And if you're not careful, you'll let all that stuff cloud and clutter your mind. And you're walking around thinking that the world's ending. When God said, where darkness prevails, how much greater will God's grace come? How much greater, how much hope, how much purpose can happen in your life? What's clouding, clouding and cluttering up your life? I want to ask you today, what's your house smell like? What's your house smell like? Smells are a big deal to me. You know, you, you, can, have, you can be a little messy, but you smell good and it feels clean, right? You can be in one of those pictures and it smells like daisies and you know it ain't clean. I don't care what you think. But, but, but smells have a big deal to me. And, and there's one episode where they actually took a couch and folded it backwards and there was a mummified cat that had been sitting under there, that a lady just let rot and die. Why? Why? I want to ask you, what has died and is dying in your house, but you've just gotten used to the smell? What? What's your attitude smell like? Does it stink? And everybody else can smell it. Everybody else can smell it, and they, but you're used to it. Well, I've always been negative. That's just who I am. It's one of the worst excuses you could ever give a pastor. Well, this is just me. Really? You mean the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in you? You mean the Holy Spirit can't convict you? You mean the Holy Spirit can't, can't ask you to change? This is just how I am. I've just always been this way. Well, you always have what you have. Unless you let the Holy Spirit come in and clean up what's messed up and smelling in your life. I have, oftentimes I, I used to do a lot of counseling at our church, and um, when people would come in and they'd begin to talk to me, and I've been guilty to saying these same statements when I've been going through some things. And oftentimes they'll say these statements like this, if I could just breathe... If I could just take a moment, if God would just help me, I just need a big breath. Anybody ever said that? I just feel like I'm, everything's on the way to my shoulders. And, I, and if I could just breathe, I just need God to just let me breathe. I want to ask you today to stop praying for God to let you breathe. I want to ask you to ask God to help you just get the dead things out of your life. Because once you're able to get some of the dead stuff out of your life and you get through the mess and the clutter and you find what is decaying in the clutter, I promise you God's fresh wind of his power, his anointing, his purpose, his hope would flood and fill your lungs with hope and purpose in your life. Just But you've got to get rid of the clutter. A lot of the issues we face in life don't need a miracle, they just need discipline. Come on, they just need discipline. What in this pile should I keep? What, what needs to be thrown away? Sometimes it may be a voice that you get on a phone call. 
It may be somebody in your life that you're letting influence you, that you should be weeding out of your life. You, you know, you didn't have any problem with your church till you got around a friend that had church problems, and they didn't like their pastor until they started talking about their pastor. And then there was a couple of things you've seen this pastor do, and it may click in your head. Well, maybe they're the same way. And now you've got, you've got conflict. Why? Clutter. Just Clutter. Clutter. You, you didn't have a marriage problem in the world until you got around that one person, that one friend that just went through a divorce, and they were saying, well, they did this, and they did that. You better watch it. I bet you they're cheating on you. Da, 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 da. And the next thing you know, you're sitting back and you're questioning. That honor has lowered its level down in your life. Why? Clutter. Clutter. Somebody say, let's clean the clutter. Today, When you look at clutter in your life, when you look at what you're going through and some of the issues that you're facing and, and, and maybe the frustrations that you have, and I'm not here to deny that maybe some of the stuff that you are going through is legitimate. But what I am saying is that your perspective, perspective has to change. You're, you're complaining about not finding the keys to the doors in your life when if you just wind up getting rid of a few things. That attitude. That problem, that, that person, that, that, that hurt, that, that unforgiveness. Before you know it, things just start to clear up. So today I want to tell you a few things as I'm closing. You need to start today. How do you, how do you get the clutter out of your life? you got to start today. Do you realize that, that all those people in those pictures that we looked at, they didn't start with just a pile of mess in their living room. It was just one piece of paper. It was just one, one, one water bottle. It started with little bitty things. And, and like I said earlier, we know that housekeeping is not something you do one time and like your house stays clean. No, life happens. Kids happen. A bill shows up. Somebody dies. Somebody leaves. You lost your job. You don't feel God like you used to anymore. And if you're not careful, if you don't stay on top of it, it just starts building up. And it starts building up. And it's built, it starts building up. And you have to understand that it has to start today. Your marriage can't wait any longer. Your children can't wait any longer. Your ministry, your purpose cannot wait any longer. It has to start today. The second thing is, is you've got to learn to get rid of some stuff. Look what James chapter 1, verse 21 says. Help me out here. So get rid of all the and in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has power to save your soul I went to Bible college for three years and I've been in ministry 17 years and, and I've studied the word all and you know what the word all means in Greek all so get all the clutter is what he's saying get all the junk that is warring itself with the word of God in your life I know, it's, I know it's harder than just rolling up a piece of paper and saying, all right, done. But it's an everyday thing of getting up and saying, no, God, I believe you. I believe your promises. I believe that you're for every morning I get up as a pastor, as a minister, I get up every day and I speak to myself. Because there's over 70,000 words that go through your mind in a day. 
So what you say to yourself is just as, as or more important as what God is saying to you. Okay? Every day, it's a decision to get up and get the clutter out. Every day, it's a decision to, to say, I'm going to believe God or I'm going to believe my emotions. I'm going to believe my feelings or I'm going to stand in faith in what God wants me to do. There's another scripture I want you to read. It's in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture, to your culture, to the culture of this world and the way it thinks and the way that it acts and the way that it does. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even knowing. That sounds like clutter. It just happens. You look back and there it is without even knowing. Instead, fix your attention on God and you will be changed from the inside out. We all want our circumstance to change. We all want, well, if they would just stop, if I just had a better job, if I just had a better wife, if I just had a better husband, if I had all this, and what God's saying, if you get your attention focused on Him, and He will work on the inside of you. Inside out. And it says there'll be blessings and you'll recognize what God wants for your life. Listen, this isn't about being perfection. This isn't about perfection. I'm not saying you got to get your life together before God can do things. Look, we are all saved by grace. We are, it is because of his grace, not my good works, which I stand up here and declare the goodness of God. It's because he gave me something I didn't deserve and I get to have it. Okay? So I'm not talking about perfection, but what I am saying, the Bible says that the, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. When I doubt my righteousness, the gift of grace that God has given me, when I doubt righteousness, it affects my peace and it affects my joy. This stuff is what's attacking your joy. You say, I'm just not excited like I used to be in church. What's cluttering your home? I'm just not, I don't have peace in my mind, Pastor Adam. I don't have peace in my, what's cluttering your mind? What doubts, what's fears, what, what loneliness, what people? John Maxwell says that there's, uh, there's five people usually seated at the heart of your, at the table of your heart. He also makes this statement I believe is true. He said, you show me your top five friends, I'll show you your future. So who is seated at your table that is cluttering it? There's your peace, there's your joy. Jesus didn't die on a cross and say in Scripture that he come to give us life and life more abundantly. Most of us, some of us in this room, and I've been guilty in my past until I understood this in my life, that I've, I've said, well, I just haven't enjoyed my Christian walk with God. Since I, when I first got saved, it was great. Now it just feels like life. Do you understand the reason why you're not having life abundantly? It's because you're letting things clutter the heart of your life, your relationship with God, and you need to clear the table. You need to get rid of it. You need to find out. My last point is you got to decide what you're going to keep and what you're going to get rid of. Because at every person's table, there's some things you need to keep. There's still bills you got to pay. I wish we could just throw our bills away and they just go away. But that don't happen, right? I mean, then you can, and then you get a call, or you get a door knock, or you walk out and your car's not there anymore. I wish it was that easy just to throw it away and it's over with. But there's some things you got to keep. There's some things that's just work and you just got to work it and you got to keep working it and you got to keep working it because that's just how it is. That's called life. But there's some things you need to get rid of. There's those unforgiveness. Is it shame? Is it shame that you, that you have? I can't even raise my, 
I can't even raise my hands in worship. I can't even lift my voice because I'm just so, I feel so dirty. I just, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Do you not understand it's about your worth? It's not about your worth. It's about your birth. Maybe that's what's cluttering and you got to learn how to figure out what am I going to keep? You got to make a decision in your heart. What are you going to keep? I don't know about you today. I believe I'm in a room with some people that believe this. But if, it's, if anything I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep my joy. I want to keep my peace. I want to keep my marriage passionate and, and, and purpose-filled and honorable. I want to keep my respect for the people in my life that are watching over me and guarding my soul. I want to keep my respect for the nation. We live in the greatest nation. I know it's crazy right now. I know people are stupid. I know it. I get it. Sometimes I'm stupid. You know what? But you, we live in a great country. Come on, people. Some would give anything to have the freedom just for me to come up here and talk about whatever I believe. We live in a good nation. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6. Help me out. It says, don't don't hoard treasures here on this earth. And I'm all for being prepared and, and having retirements and having savings plans. I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's, it's not that you can't have nice stuff. It's just make sure nice stuff doesn't have you. Okay? Don't hoard treasures down here where it gets eaten by moss and corroded by rust or even worse, stolen by burglars. But what? Stockpile treasures in heaven where it's safe from the moth and the rust and the burglars. Isn't it obvious the place where your treasure is is the place you want to be. Jesus said, we're going to hoard some things in this life. We're going to. Just don't, just pay attention to what you're keeping. Pay attention to what you're keeping. If I'm going to keep anything, I'm not going to keep bitterness. Come on. Have you ever met bitter people? Man, they just, you can't stand to be around them. Everything's always bad. Everything's never good enough. If I'm going to keep anything, I'm not going to keep bitterness. I'm not going to keep unforgiveness. I'm not going to keep, if I've got to make a choice in what I want to hoard up, if the treasure's on this earth or the treasure's in heaven, the drinker house is we're going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep giving because I know I can't outgive God. I'm going to keep honoring. I'm going to keep purpose. I'm going to keep hope. If I'm going to keep anything in my life, if I'm going to hoard up anything, come on, somebody. you got to make a decision in your mind. If you're going to keep anything, what are you going to keep? Is it all the clutter? It's not working for you anyway. It's not working for you to keep rehearsing that event over and over, how they hurt you, how it happened. If I only would have had that opportunity, if I only would have done this, if I could have got that job, if I would have married that person, and you're just rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing, and all you're doing is just you're piling up clutter, piling up clutter. When all, what are you going to keep? It's time to clean our house. It's time to clean up the clutter. What are you going to keep? And what are you going to get rid of? I know today in this room that God is asking you that question, and I need you to ask yourself that question. What am I going to keep? What am I going to give up? What things in my life am I going to keep? And what stuff am I going to get rid of? 
I'm believing today that God and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. If you're thankful for his word today, why don't you put your hands together? Thank you.